The Las Vegas Aces are 10 and 2. Here to talk about it is Las Vegas Aces beat reporter Matthew Walter. Lockdown Women's Basketball starts now. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hi there and happy Monday to you. I'm Howard Megdahl, host of Locked On Women's Basketball, founder and editor, of course, of the next Women's Basketball Newsroom. Uh, I would suggest that after you've made us your first listen every single weekday, that you go ahead over to thenexthoops.com and check out the work that's being done 24-7, 365. Today is, of course, brought to you by Bet Online. We'll talk a little more about our title sponsor later on in the program. But I am delighted to be joined by Matthew Walter to talk about all things Kelsey Plum, all things First team to 10 wins in the WNBA, Las Vegas Aces. Matthew, you talked to Kelsey Plum. She barked at you. Can you just take me through how you experienced that as a reporter? I honestly just thought, oh, Kelsey Plum went to Washington. So barking is just part of being a Husky, right? It's a dog. They Mm -hmm. bark. I own a dog. They bark. It just put together and... You know, then I learned later she barked at Tom Brady. It just seems to be she barks at people she clearly enjoys. Mm -hmm. And she seems to bark at me and a lot in our press conferences and at Tom Brady. So she must enjoy being at a press conference or she must enjoy barking. But I think for her, it's a definition of who she is as a person, right? She Mm -hmm. describes herself as a dog with, and I put it with a WG instead of a DOG. Like she's a dog at heart, which in me means like she's going to go out there and do what she needs to do and play at the level she plays at, no matter whether they're up 20, down 20, whatever the game is. And it's shown, you know, through the first 12 games of this season so far for the Aces. You know, Plum is a former number one overall pick, but to my mind for way too long has been thought of as a bit of an afterthought. She is, though, the leading scorer through 12 games here for the Las Vegas Aces. She is at 19.8 ahead of Jackie Young's. 19.2 and even Asia Wilson's 16.1 when you watch this team I just wonder do you think of her as a number one option at this point for the way their offense operates or is that more a function just how efficient she's been I don't think this offense has a number one option I think that the way that their offense runs Every, I don't I don't think they've had consecutive games with the same leading scorer. Like I think every game in a, there's been somebody different from the previous game who leads them in scoring because they have the ability where all five of the people on the floor with the spacing and the way they attack the basket can score. Now I think Kelsey Plum has found something new in this offense, right? Becky Hammond has really seen a lot of herself in Kelsey Plum and given a lot of knowledge to Kelsey. And that has allowed Kelsey to really grow and develop so far and show, you know, why she was a number one overall pick, why she scores 3,500 points in her career at Washington. And it just finally is a system fit for Kelsey. And Kelsey said, you know, she didn't enjoy not starting last year. She loves it. And it's fun to start. And I think you see it, right. It's a hard lineup to guard when it's Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum Mm -hmm. and Jackie Young and Dierka Hamby and Angel Wilson, because who you're not going to guard. All five of them can get you double figures and all five of them can win you a game because they're all capable of, you know, they're all high draft picks. They're all, you know, first round, early first round picks, and they all can bring so much to the table for your team. So I think 
Kelsey has found a rhythm and found a more success because the system fits a lot more what she's trying to do. And -hmm. because in the past, you know, if there was a shot that Kelsey took and it wasn't good, Bill took her out. Now, you know, Becky yells at her when she doesn't take open shots and she expects every open shot that Kelsey takes to go in. And, you know, she's shooting like 47, 45% from three. They're going in at a really high clip. And she's shooting a lot of those shots that she took at Washington where Mike Neighbors gave her the green light. Becky Hammond has given her that very similar green light. It is fascinating to see. Now, the field goal attempts per 36 minutes are about the same for them year over year. But there just seems to be a difference in, first of all, how often she's in the game. Because that's like you said, that's per 36, right? But Bill played her 25.6 minutes per game last year. I mean, that was essentially identical to where she was in 18 and 19, 25.5 and 25.5. She's at 33.3 minutes per game. I'd have to go back and look, but I think that would place her up among the leaders uh, of the WNBA in terms of minutes per game. But the other thing she's doing, and this is just part and parcel with the kind of player she was at Washington, is her assist percentage is 29.8. You know, she's legitimately not just and off the ball guard. She's somebody who was able to create the way she did so often uh, during her Mike Neighbors years. Yeah, I know you talked to Mike Neighbors for that piece that, you know, people really ought to go check out over at thenextoops.com. But did Mike see this as just a matter of when rather than a matter of if? I think um, Mike knew that this is always what Kelsey was. And I think he can see, you know, I, I talked to him about after the third or fourth game and he said, you can just see there's a, a different level of confidence in her from Becky. And, and I think she's finally getting to show who she is, but it, it also works because they've got three real sort of point guards, right? They don't have to always have Chelsea Gray bring the ball up. It can be Chelsea Gray. It can be Kelsey Plum and it can be Jackie Young. And they're looking to be the first team in WNBA history with two players to average six assists a game. Cause Kelsey Gray is over that six assist number and Kelsey Plum is not far behind at like 5.6, 5.7. And to go back to your minutes thing, her minutes were lower than that. She played all 40 minutes yesterday right. and scored her, tied her career high with 32. So I just think that like for her this year with, with the new offense, with the new coaching staff, she came in in the, the best shape of her life in the camp. And I think she's come in just like, this is, you know, we want to win now. And every veteran I talked to said, you know, Kelsey's come in with a different mindset and all the stars have a line for her. But yeah, I mean, neighbor said that, you know, She's been a pro since she stepped on campus at Washington. And one of the things I wrote in that story was she gets off the plane from playing, I think, USA U17 or whatever the the team age was, U18. And most of those kids went straight to their hometown before going to college. She showed up at Washington immediately from playing in that tournament and went right to the gym out of off the plane. Like my neighbors picked her up and they went to the gym and worked out. So she's been a pro since the day, maybe even before college, maybe since high school. And now she's finally in a system that values and, and shows her best strengths are, are at the forefront. And it's, it's really showing, you know, allowing her to shine. When you think about this team at this point, does it almost feel as if with, you know, it's just this embarrassment of riches with Chelsea Gray as well. Is it effectively like they have two points, point guards on the floor at this point? I, like I said, I think it's almost three because they're running a lot of stuff individually for Jackie Young. There have right. been multiple games where, Becky Hammond has said afterwards, like they weren't stopping Jackie Young out of a ball screen. So I just kept going Jackie Young ball screen in the middle and just letting her attack out of it because she's so smart. 
She's a really elite passer and she's become such a more confident scorer. So they play three point guards. I mean, none of them are all true quote unquote point guards, but they all can play and handle the ball. And even there have been times where like the Dierka Hamby has gotten rebound and pushed the ball in transition. Mm -hmm. So they, she just trusts all of her players that all five of them are smart enough. And she says like on offense, I don't worry about offense. We're going to figure it out. We have too much talent on the floor on offense, not to find ways to score. They average 91 points a game. You're telling me their offense isn't working. 91 points a game is pretty good. It's, you know, she doesn't worry about that. She worries about, are we following, you know, our things on defense? Are we doing what we're supposed to do that on that side of the floor? That's where she gets on them. But offensively, you know, she always says like, when we miss shots, it's not like the shots we're taking are bad shots. I like the shots. They just don't go in. It all makes sense. And it is delightful to see. And just, just a fun new transition. The fact that they've been able to get to 10 and two while instituting a fundamentally new and different system is really interesting to me. Now there were a couple of great back and forth mashups this past week with the Connecticut sun. And just to set the scene for people, if they don't know this net rating, and this is where we are 12 games in the Connecticut sun are a plus 12, Las Vegas is a plus 11.8. No one else above six. The Chicago Sky, who are third now after a very strong week that they just had. So, you know, pretty clearly, if you look at performance to date, not that that dictates future performance, but the Sun and the Aces have been a cut above. They split those two games over the course of this week. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward, obviously, to seeing what you write uh, about it. But, you know, give, give the listeners a preview here. Let's just talk about it. What did you learn from a matchup that, and again, I'll just throw this added uh, stat out there that I absolutely love, had the top five players in win shares in the WNBA. Jackie Young is first, Bree Jones second, John Paul Jones third, Alyssa Thomas fourth, and the aforementioned Kelsey Plum fifth. So just a real meeting of stars and teams dominating. What, what were the most exciting things for you? But I do, before you answer that, just want to tell the good people at home about Bet Online, which is your number one source for all betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including this year's W, uh, excuse me, NBA finals. Did you know that there's actually an NBA? It's not just uh, WNBA, NHL, uh, Stanley Cup finals, MLB, and of course, all the latest fighting news. Uh, I love that betonline.net has not just uh, men's sports odds, but of course, women's sports odds as well. It is one of the many ways in which we need to see there be equality in the sports landscape. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. So yeah, where the games ended was a split. What were your biggest takeaways from what the Aces and the Sun uh, did last week? So I, I think the first thing to say is like, it felt like a playoff series. I know it was two games, but the timing, right. They had a day off in between the first two get, you know, two games of the first time the two you could consider the two best teams in the league playing each other. And they had that one day off in the middle. The aces in game one, I think really showed, you know, who they are. They had a really good offensive performance. They did a really good job defensively limiting, you know, Dewana Bonner and John Quill Jones to not their best game. And it allowed them to get the victory and, it was really, you know, it showed why they, you know, have been the best team to start the year. And then in the second game, you know, you expected Connecticut to make adjustments and Connecticut was incredibly, incredibly physical. Like the, the, maybe the most physical game I've watched. And even Kelsey said maybe the most physical game that she's played in since she came into the WNBA. 
And you saw it, right? Because what happens? Jackie Young goes down with an ankle injury. And then Chelsea Gray gets smacked in the mouth. Her tooth went through her lip. Sorry for being a little bit graphic for those listening. And she had to have stitches put in on the inside and outside of her lip. Luckily, Mm -hmm. she was able to play yesterday against Dallas. Jackie Young still out with the ankle injury. But it just shows that Connecticut, who is, is known for their defense and knowing for being a physical team, they brought that in the second game. They made the adjustments, and they were the better team. And, and Becky Hammond said after the game, like, we scored 90 points. We scored enough points to win. We just gave up too many points. Our defense wasn't good enough. And it showed right off the bat because they got smacked right in that first quarter. They gave up almost 40 points in the first quarter alone, and that's sort of where the game got away from them. And they chipped away and chipped away and cut it to, like, five points, four points late in the game, but never could get over the hump just because they put themselves in such a hole in that first quarter. And I think – I think they have one more game now in Connecticut later in the season. But I think if you look at it, this might be a matchup previewing our WNBA finals, just because these two teams have shown, like you said, with the net rating, how much better they've been than everybody else. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, you make adjustments game to game and Kurt Miller, who actually didn't even coach that first game because he was out with COVID showed he can make really good adjustments, did a great job. And they really got killed in that second game down low in the paint and Dewana Bonner early on in that first quarter really got them with some some good looks. It's fascinating, especially in light of the fact that last year, Connecticut absolutely owned Las Vegas. They beat them all three matchups. The general consensus was, if they met in the playoffs, that Connecticut was going to beat that team. And then, of course, it never happened because the Chicago Sky went and beat Connecticut, and we didn't get to see that matchup come playoff time. But it is two different teams now. They were different last year, right? Like last year, both of them played big, but they, you know, Vegas played big and fast and Connecticut played big and slow. Now you've really got not just uh, a difference in terms of pace and the way in which the teams are playing so far this year. And it's fascinating, by the way, Vegas again, top of the league in pace. Connecticut, middle of the pack now this year after being near the bottom last year. But also, of course, it's the pace and space are both differing quite a bit so far this season. I guess my bigger question, I know this is the first year on the beat with the Aces, but do you think Las Vegas is better equipped to compete with and beat the Sun over the course of a playoff series this year than they were last year? I think sort of a hot take here. I think Las Vegas, despite the fact that they had the best record in the last three years under Bill Ambeer, is a better team right now. Mm-hmm. I think – Becky Hammond has them all playing offensively in a really fun system. They've all, all the players have admitted playing in this system, shooting the ball the way we do, sharing the ball the way we do, not sort of being limited in this triangle offense has been a lot more fun. It's Mm -hmm. been more enjoyable. It's really enjoyable to watch from a fan's perspective, but that's, what's really been enjoyable. And they say like, we, again, Becky doesn't get on us about offense. It's about, you know, can we stay in our principles on defense? And that's where I think the game got away from them against Connecticut they are going to have to play much better defensively, especially early in that game. Now, in the, losing your best def- perimeter defender in the third quarter, that hurts because Jack Young has been outstanding on the defensive end as well as she's been on the offensive end. So I think the way they're going to beat Connecticut is not by outscoring them because, like I said, they can score 90 points in any game of the week. It's can they go out there and play defense and stick to their principles, and that's what hurt them really in that second game in the first quarter, especially when they gave up 30-plus points in the first quarter, something they haven't really done all that much this entire season. And Becky Hammond even said it coming into the last four games, right? They went on the road to Chicago. They played back-to-back against Connecticut. And then they played yesterday against Dallas. 
four of, of the teams that are in the playoff hunt right now in the WNBA. And she said, this is going to really show us, you know, who we are as a team and where do we stack up against these really good teams over these next four games. They went three and one and they showed really well, but I think you're right. I think they saw some things in that Connecticut game that showed, Hey, we need to shore some things up, especially defensively against people like who play bigger with a John Quill Jones and a Bree Jones and a Dewana Bonner. And then yesterday against Dallas, they got killed on the offensive re- on the boards. Dallas had a ton of offensive rebounds. They didn't convert them into second chance points, mm-hmm. but that's where, you know, you're asking Asia Wilson to go in there and be your anchor on defense. And then she's got to also try to box out and rebound. And that's why Becky Hammond has put a lot of stress on, on Dierka Hamby to be, Hey, you need to be, you know, averaging seven plus rebounders a game. Now they're, you know, the one and two rebounders in the WNBA, but if there's a place that Las Vegas is going to struggle, it's going to be on the glass and against those bigger teams. And they've done a good job so far. And I think a lot of that again goes to Jackie young being on the floor and going in there and trying to attack and get rebounds. But, you know, it was a good showing for them of, hey, what kind of team are we against some of these top teams in the league? Jackie Young, obviously, not being on the floor is a real concern. You're talking about somebody who's weathering an injury, as you mentioned before. Take me through what we know, what you think are timetables, anything you've heard from the team in terms of response. And, you know, just give me a sense of how they navigate the world without Jackie Young in the meantime. Yeah. So, uh, you know, she got hurt in the third quarter Thursday, sprained her ankle pretty badly, clearly was in some pain, was able to get up and actually shoot her two free throws, made them both Mm -hmm. mind you after getting fouled and then walked off with the help of, of a a couple of trainers. Um, she was seen the next day in practice, not wearing a boot, standing on the sideline, not practicing, but wearing workout clothes. Like she could have practiced if she was healthy. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, she was not active for the game out with a ankle sprain, but was not wearing a boot and basically stood the entire time on the sideline while watching the game. She didn't sit down all that often. So clearly she has the ability to walk and put pressure on that ankle. And from what I saw, she was walking around without a limp on either leg. So she seems to be progressing well off of what looked, could have been a very scary injury. Um, they have a long time between games. They don't play again until Saturday. So they have a lot of time to get her in some sort of you know, treatment, get her right. And, and I'm not saying that she will be back on Saturday, but just based off of the things that I've seen and the way that, you know, they knew they were going to have to pick her up, you know, yesterday against a very good Dallas team, but just the, the viewpoints make me think she won't be out all that long. I, I don't think it's going to be something long-term. I think it's going to be, a short-term injury would it surprise me if she's back on Saturday? Absolutely not. But I don't know how, you know, injuries progress. They're non-linear, right? Just because one person looks one way one day doesn't mean the next day things go differently. And just because you feel good, you get into practice that something may occur and you need to, to slow down your progression. Um, In the meantime, they went to a very interesting lineup yesterday, starting Teresa Plaisance and moving Dierka Hamby to the three, keeping Asia Wilson at the five. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that was because they wanted a bigger body to guard Arike Gumbawale. And for the most part, they did a very good job on her. She had 15 in the third, but minus that, they did a really good job limiting Arike for the rest of the game. And Dierka's big body really sort of bothered her, I think. And they just sort of kept rotating people onto Arike. And I asked... um, Becky, before the game, I said, this is usually a matchup for Jackie, right? So what are you going to do? And she said, we're just going to have to be team defense. We're going to probably throw some Dierka on her to put a bigger body on her. But we're going to have to play, you know, as a team, better defense because we've lost our best perimeter defender. And and hopefully, again, like I said, we there's 
a good chance just of what I've seen that she again could be back on Saturday. There's a lot of time between then and now when they play again. So like I said, injuries are non-linear, but I think every game you'll see a slightly different starting lineup just based off of matchups. But again, they may go with placeons again because they want to get rebounds because that was where they struggled against Dallas. Love to see TP get in 32 minutes. That's always a, a good thing uh, as far as I'm concerned. But you're right. And, and you know, again, to, to that end and to that point, I remember being in the room with Muffet McGraw when Jackie Young was a sophomore. And Muffet McGraw said, Jackie Young has a chance to be the best player to ever come out of Notre Dame. And it was just this huge statement. She's saying it in the wake of uh, Skylar Dayton Smith coming to the league, in the wake of, you know, people like Ruth Riley. I mean, you just go back in time, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, even at that time, uh, you're talking during the Arike era. Uh, but increasingly, it is hard to ignore the idea that Muffet McGraw might be on to something. You know, she's seen a few basketball games. It's not like Muffet McGraw comes into this without an understanding of the game. And, and it's not like her entire starting five on that team now starts in the WNBA and has, you know, she's not a bad talent evaluator. She is not a bad talent evaluator. So uh, people ignore Muffet McGraw at their peril. Well, listen, before I let you go, I just got to tell you something, because this kind of blows my mind. We appreciate listeners uh, for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. But and you didn't find this amazing, Matthew, but there is a men's league that also plays basketball. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's called the NBA. Um, I, think, I think the team where I live is in the finals. I'm not sure. I think they're in the finals, but yeah. I, I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Yes, yes. The the uh, the team that I think might be a future owner for the WNBA too, which is obviously the legacy for uh, those who own the Golden State Warriors as well. But do make sure, all joking aside, that you check out the Locked on NBA Big Board, host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter, is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, which, I mean, crazily enough, the first round of it lasts 30 picks uh, because apparently there are 30 teams in the NBA, there's uh, something obviously for the WNBA uh, to shoot for. Uh, they give you an in-depth look at the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course, the big boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts, just like we are, just like Lockdown Women's Best World is. Make sure we're free. We're free. And you can get us every weekday talking about women's basketball. Make sure you're following Matthew Walter and all the exceptional work he's doing on the Aces as well, uh, along with, of course, a number of different uh, West Coast conferences on the college side. Matthew, thank you for all you do, and thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you, Howard. Always enjoy being on. Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.